We went into a room, we wrote the problem, wrote the solution, wrote the potential hangups, the potential work needed, and a few other points, knowing full well that the sea levels were going to walk into that room right after that meeting. And so we knew where they had their weekly big wig sea level meeting. We knew that nobody erases the whiteboards every time before they walk in there. And we also know if you walk into a room and you see a bunch of stuff written on a whiteboard, your eyes are going to go to it and you're going to start to read it. I believe it was less than 24 hours later, we had one of the sea levels come up to us and be like, tell me more about this software program and how do we implement it? Hey, Nicole. Hi, John. Ready? Mm, nah, yeah, let's do this. Okay, Whew. I got worried. Good call. I'm Nicole Mears. I'm John Davis. And this is our podcast, Shape the Conversation. And I'm sure you just heard some super gripping, hooky quote from later on in our conversation to lead this off. This is a podcast where we talk about our experiences working here at Shape.io in beautiful Bend, Oregon. Just some background about us. We left our agency jobs as marketers to build software for digital advertising teams. And as John mentioned, we'll be just talking about marketing and growing shape. And we're not totally bound to marketing. We've delved into a lot of other areas. We've had, you know, CEO of a microbrewery on in past episodes and where we talk about, you know, team management, collaboration, working on a team. No matter what your company is or working in a marketing agency or not, you're probably working a bunch with other people or working your way up corporate ladder through maybe various tiers. Maybe you're at a big company and you need to make it to a senior and then a manager and then make your way up to VP. And that's a little bit about what we're going to talk about today, like managing up. We, we think a lot about management as you know, leaders, thinking about how you're looking after the careers of the, your direct reports or people on your team. But one area of management I don't think gets quite enough play and is one you talk about a lot is like managing up, you know, managing your bosses, getting your agenda kind of through agenda in a good way here, like making positive change within the company by the way you interact with your boss. Absolutely. And again, a little bit more background here for those of you that don't know, John was formerly my boss. So I'd, <laughs> I'd like to say that I use some judo mind tricks I'd on him, that's probably fair. Uh, but it, they're not mind tricks. There's a lot of things you can do to have a really positive relationship with your boss and in, in, in the greater organization without, you know, resorting to being underhanded. And that's where I think managing up is a, is a positive term for that. Yeah. And I would say probably one of my biggest, <clears throat> like, um, uh, one of the biggest things I was paranoid about uh, as I've been a manager is like needing to be managed up a lot. You know, I'd like to think that more I'd leaned on the spectrum of, you know, giving freedom and kind of setting a, a goal and where we want to be and taking hands off. But I know there's a lot of times when I could see people were struggling to communicate with me and I wasn't doing a good job of helping them really like realize their vision or what they were trying to do. And a lot of times I didn't even realize it. Yeah, and it, I mean that point you you have to trust that you either have strong enough employees to who are going to come to you and do a little bit of managing up being like these are my needs, these are my expectations, these are like you know how I I need to progress and here's what I need you to do for me or you have to like you said just now be very cognizant of those signs because there are going to be some employees that are never going to speak up. They're never going to they're never going to manage up in a really direct way like that. 
Yeah, I think that, though, is what I'd like to see people go away with. Those people that maybe don't speak up or those people that don't really like feel like putting their foot in the door or pushing their agenda is worth it. I think these are maybe some things you can latch onto to help you do that and push it and not just be frustrated sitting back. And there's nothing worse than apathy and, and not trying to change something and just feeling like you're in this tough situation because of decisions other people have made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's two, when you are thinking about managing up, it's important to think about who is there. And I think there's two different types of management too on those levels that you need to be aware of. So one is maybe your boss is middle management. So your boss might have a boss and that adds in another layer of complexity. You know, anything you sell to your boss probably has to be sold well enough that he can sell it to his boss. You might have a boss or, or, you know, somebody you report to that they're the CEO. They're the ultimate decision maker. They have that final stamp of approval. And I think there are some different strategies that go in here, but ultimately a lot of similar tactics you can use depending even if you're talking to one or the other yeah so one of my techniques there is and granted i over prepare more than anyone i know but whether (laughs) whether i was pitching a strategy plan for and i'm actually going to throw clients in here too because sometimes you're working with a marketing manager and then they have to go to their boss who's a cmo but whether you're working on a strategy plan and trying to pitch that up or whether you're working on you know when I was a manager of the PPC team, things like getting certain tools or getting certain you know HR related stuff pushed up that we needed to you know not just get our boss's attention but his boss's attention, I used one very strategic technique, and that's any presentation that I did. I first you know I found the content that I obviously wanted to put in there, but then I looked at it from every perspective of the the people that I was pitching. So I knew. Okay, one, I have to give my boss the information that he needs. But let's say he gets sick and he's not there to pitch it to his boss. What does his, you know, CMO or COO, whatever his, you know, the person above him need to be able to make that decision? And what I tried to do without way over, you know, bearing a presentation or, or a PowerPoint or whatever is is hit that rigid, like really strategically. So maybe a couple sides are speaking to the CMO, a couple are speaking to my boss, you know, hopefully you're not having to go one level even above there and maybe speak to investors of a company, but that's something to think about. And oftentimes that doesn't have to happen all at once, right? Maybe you're meeting with your boss and then you two prepare for meeting with his boss and then or her boss and then, you know, yeah. it grows from there. So I think it's important to remember audience. Yes. When presenting any of these, that audience it, on every slide that you're designing or every point you're trying to make, because the idea... What we're talking about is you have an idea, but you don't have the autonomy to pull it off completely by yourself. You need your boss's buy-in. You need some kind of other approval. So remembering who that person is you're talking to, that's probably like first and foremost the most important thing. Like um, I've worked for really emotional people in the past that they, they didn't need to see the numbers. They didn't need reconcile you know the cost benefit analysis of it i knew that if i appealed to them on a more emotional level that was going to be more successful at the same time i've worked for cfos that just needed the raw numbers 
show me the opportunity cost. When we're trying to sell our product in organizations, we run into you know those two types of people all the time as well. You know, we'll be pitching CFOs that want to see the numbers, do the cost benefit analysis. Then we'll be pitching more emotional leaders that aren't latching on to that as much. They're they're thinking in a different way. And that will help you keep your pitch simple. Whatever your idea is, you know, trying to package it in the most simple message possible is going to help it spread through other people. So if you think your boss is now going to have to be in a room explaining what's in your head to somebody else, you got to keep that like real simple, keep them on task and give them the talking points that they can handle. A lot of times we'll be talking to, you know, a internal champion for our software within a company and then they'll go to their boss and try to sell it up like we have to make sure that our story is is so solid that they can communicate it don't try to communicate every single nuance that's in your brain even if the thought and the work has been done and it's all in there it's not going to necessarily help you communicate if you can't be in the room too absolutely and that would be my other advice is that always try to get in the room or try to get on the call you know, like get your way in there, invite yourself to the management meeting, make somebody tell you no, you know, say, hey, there's, I put some things on the slide here, but there's nuance that I want to communicate. You know, the worst they can say is no, and then you're back to square one. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of managers that would love to bring the senior analyst in and, you know, have them take some of the load. That's not going to be every manager. You know, some managers aren't going to be as comfortable with that. But if you know, or you've been working there for a while, you probably know the types of people and if they're going to say yes or no to that, or if that's even an appropriate thing to ask. Yeah, I mean, kind of parallel to what you said is one of the points I have is like, know your boss's motivations, know how they prefer to deal with things, know how they communicate. So I think that kind of aligns with what you just said is, is really knowing who you're dealing with is, is key. Okay, yeah. So what's the what's the craziest way or most unique way you've like sort of gotten some buy-in for for an idea you had or or pushed something through layers of, of management that probably wouldn't have got pushed through if you hadn't taken a little bit more of a, you know, strong stance on it. So this is one of the funniest stories I tell and it's I didn't actually take an extremely strong stance right up front, but the guy who's sitting across the room from me and I <laughs> wanted to, yeah, John Davis. Uh, Max, our, our producer's in here too, so just. We we wanted to get a software program implemented. We were using one. We wanted to switch to another. We felt it was better for the organization. And this time we were a smaller organization. I think it was 50, 60 people. I was hoping you would tell the story because it's the one I thought of too. Yeah. So it was, it was an easier ship to turn. But we went into a room. We wrote the problem. We wrote the solution, we wrote the potential hangups, the potential work needed, and a few other points, knowing full well that the C-levels were going to walk into that room right after that meeting. And so we knew where they had their weekly bigwig C-level meeting. We knew that nobody erases the whiteboards every time before they walk in there. And we also know if you walk into a room and you see a bunch of stuff written on a whiteboard that's pretty clearly written and it's not too much, it doesn't look like scribble, your eyes are going to go to it and you're going to start to read it. And let me say this, we had already pitched that software program verbally a couple times. So there was some context. So there was some context, but I don't know if it actually had gotten to them because we had pitched our boss and he knew it was important, but you know, on a list of priorities, 20 million things long, 
how do you get attention? So we went straight to the source and I, I don't believe it was, or I should say, I believe it was less than 24 hours later, we had one of the C-levels come up to us and be like, tell me more about this software program and how do we implement it? And not three months later, we were fully switched over or pretty close. Well, yeah. Well, we were getting there at least. Yeah, I think you could you could tell yourself a lot of stories like, oh, the execs are hearing all my ideas. They just don't want to do them or they, they don't get it. You know, they're, they're stupid. The reality is they're balancing a lot and everybody's balancing a lot within an organization. And while it might be top priority number one to you, it's probably not top priority number one to everybody else. And that's a little bit of the trick, right, is trying to shift – people's priorities in a way that you believe to be the right way to go. Not necessarily that only just benefit you or always in selfish directions, but if you believe that your company should be making different decisions or doing something differently, if I wasn't fighting for those or trying to enact that change in jobs, like I knew either I didn't love that job because I didn't care enough to, to try to actually affect change, or I was going to be so frustrated I wasn't going to be very fun to be around mm-hmm. because I, I just would have got frustrated with the autonomy and the lack thereof. Now, one thing from a manager's perspective, as I've, I have also had the autonomy to make decisions as CEO the last few years, like at the end of the day, I've been kind of saying yes, no. I've heard a lot of ideas over the years, a lot of pitches, a lot of things from different team members that that they want to do. And there, there's one thing that definitely gets under my my skin is that when people come to you with just problems and no solutions, and this is I think where a lot of you know ideas die when when they get pitched to bosses is that you think through the problems you it's really easy to point out the things that are wrong but it's a lot harder to point out what's wrong and then go back and do the work and lay out some solutions absolutely and i think you have to come with solutions i don't think you can be like okay i have one solution and this is this is the best way to go again that's speaking to your audience knowing anticipating their needs so usually when i dealt with that situation i'd be like okay here's the problem here are one two three things that we can do hopefully one of those three is you know, is a pick your favorite. Although I have had some bosses that came back and said, no, these are all kind of okay, but you need to go back and combine the three or you need to go back and scrap all of them and, and come up with more. So I think that's a huge part of managing up as an employee is like, if you are going to come up with a problem, you have to have solutions. Yeah. People like to be editors of ideas. You know, ideas from scratch are a lot harder than crafting an idea that already exists or, or saying what you do or don't like. You know, some people like to see a bunch of ideas and just say yay, nay, and kind of craft it that way, especially people in middle management, I think, are maybe predisposed to a lot of times thinking that way, and, and you become more of an editor in a lot of cases. But nobody in, in middle management has ever been super excited or said, hey, thanks for bringing me all, me all these new problems to think about you know, without solutions, you know, thanks, thanks for now, all these new things about that I either did or didn't know was going on with no way to actually solve them. You know, if, if you view me as the manager as not having enough context to even know that this is a problem, how am I supposed to have enough context to come up with the the solution that you will actually implement in day to day life? So that's another, it transitions well into another point that I had, which is you should never let your manager be blindsided. 
Mm. By a problem, by a development, by, I don't know, I mean, you can apply to anything, right? So if you unintentionally or intentionally make your manager look bad about a certain issue, it's going to be much harder to have productive conversations about that issue moving forward. So, I mean, a great example of this, you know, from being a manager is of a PPC team is let's say you have an employee who has what you believe is a really strong relationship with your client. The client comes in for a client visit. You think everything's going great and boom, the client hits you with three things they're unhappy about. They'd say their analyst hasn't been talking with them, you know, all of these issues. And then you're as the manager are left to not only scramble to try to salvage a relationship, but you're also in your head probably thinking okay time to put this person on a improvement plan because what the heck um and so you know if if you're the employee in that situation managing up i mean even if it's bad one like your manager should be aware so they're not blindsided but two i mean they're going to be the, they've probably been in that situation they can they can assist you as long as you give them the information give them the opportunity to to give you that training or that, you know, whatever you need. Yeah. It takes a certain amount of self-awareness too, to realize like, Hey, have I been bottling all this stuff up and I'm about to like unload the cannon on my manager with 10 different things at once. You know, it takes self-awareness to figure out like, that's maybe not the best way to get any one of those 10 things done. Well, it also takes a level of self-awareness to know what should go to your manager and what shouldn't, right? Like, again, going back to the problems and solutions, like some of those problems you have to solve yourself. Now, the things that are bigger than that then, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Respect your boss's time, but go to them with those. Yeah, and I think a lot of a manager, boss's job is trying to solve problems for their employees and remove impediments. But I don't view that a lot of times as creating the solution from scratch. I think it's more enabling autonomy, trying to remove roadblocks for employees to do what they want to do and to execute on the ideas that they have for how to solve the challenges in their day-to-day. Because good managers, good bosses know that a directive or something being mandated by a boss, that, that has a high risk of probably not happening because people don't believe it's the maybe they don't believe it's the right direction to go and employees and groups of people will eventually migrate to the solution that they think is best you know if it's not truly helping the company if you're working at a somewhat healthy organization those types of things are going to get weeded out and the true solutions that stick are going to come from within and the day-to-day nuance and that it's the manager's job to craft that and make sure it fits into the company's vision as a whole. But what they want to do is see your solutions for the problems because then they have more confidence in it actually being the route to go because you've already have buy-in. You're already saying like, yeah, if you just give me a yes on this, I will do it and I will execute. And that's where like I said, a lot of these ideas or initiatives die. It's that you're not telling the whole story. You're just identifying the problem to a manager, but you're not showing the solutions. Or you haven't done your work before that meeting to start with, and you've let them get blindsided mm-hmm. by this meeting. And they're, and they're not able to really make a decision or a call in that meeting because all they're thinking about is 
20 other things because they've just been hit with this information in the moment. So I think to wrap up, what, what would you say here if, if you're, you know, trying to manage up in your organization? A couple of the, the big principles we've hit on is definitely one, like know your audience. Mm-hmm. Who are you talking to? One pitch or one way of communicating idea won't work for somebody else. Um, I mean, the other one is, of course, if you have a problem, bring solutions. Yeah. Be prepared for that. It's kind of a bonus one I don't think we really hit on much, but it's kind of one of my favorites is you need to be able to challenge without being insubordinate mm. to your boss and disagree in a productive and you know kind of respectful way. But if you disagree... Like know that that could actually lead to more positive change than if you had just blindly gone along with them. So yeah. that's my at least be working towards consensus. Yeah. Well, it's like Jeff Bezos's famous quote that's out right now. Right now is like disagree and move on is basically the gist of it. Like understand not every decision is going to be a consensus, but that everybody can agree to go one direction mm-hmm. and, and move that way. And I think another thing when you're bringing, like, to sum up, when, when you're bringing ideas and things to your boss, like, don't let it be a, a complete surprise. Like, try to at least lay the groundwork in some way. Like, even if it's just, you know, a couple days before you casually mentioned it, you know, at least you're, like, sowing some seeds. It's not like the first time they ever hear about an issue is when you're delivering this huge presentation about this, this issue that, that you've been working on. Womp, womp. That's going to get you fired. <laughs> I mean, if you do it enough, that's going to get you fired. Sorry. But <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, we hope you'll let us know. Are there any techniques you've used to manage up a boss or if there are any fun stories like the one that we shared about getting our software solution implemented? Yeah. And if you are a boss, like try to be aware. Does it seem like people are trying to like having to put a lot of extra energy into managing up to you? Does it does it seem like people are just hesitant to kind of bring you new things right out of the gate or do you see like people calling a lot of extra meetings with you or having to communicate a lot with you maybe there's some actions you can be taking to kind of pull out those ideas before people have to you know use the jedi mind tricks on you so john um i think maybe we should end the podcast now what do you think I think, uh, you know, that's a great idea. I see the problem. We're running on here, and we never have a perfect outro, and I think you brought a good solution, Nicole, to the table to to close this thing out. Find show notes with links to our emails, the socials, and more at blog.shape.io slash podcast, and we hope you'll subscribe, review our podcast, and tell your friends about it. Over and out from beautiful Bend, Oregon, and Shape HQ.